0: Welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, a podcast from metro.co.uk.
1: It's a bit like having a vaccination, but we've got a bigger prick.
0: My name is Bibi Lynch. <laughs> and I'm Miranda Kane. We have got Friend O Pod coming back, Dominique <gasps> Caretsos. That's right. And she's going to be talking about the sex trends for 2021. Welcome back to Good Sex, Bad Sex, friend pod Dominique Corezzo, CEO of the Healthy Pleasure Group, here today to tell us about the sex trends for 2021. Happy Yay! New Blair! Happy New Year, Grandpa <laughs> Day! <laughs> how are you?
2: Well, like I said, we're just trying to focus on the good, right? Um, it. I just love how New Year's Eve, I don't know about you ladies, but everyone was celebrating like tomorrow we were just going to we were just going to wake up and everything was going to be different and there was a wonderful meme going around with a guy if you can imagine jumping into the ocean and then there was an Alsatian that was about about to bite his testicles and it said 2020 over and then it said 2021 incoming <laughs> and uh, I just thought that was really apt for for so that kind of circulated in and amongst our our sort of hashtag slack, uh, slack channel uh, in healthy pleasure group because um, well not only are we working with uh, testicle brands um, <laughs> but also it's a focus for sexual wellness for men mm. um, you know coming into 2021 so we thought that was quite uh quite funny we had quite to- appropriate tell yeah, us yeah. tell us quickly
0: about the healthy pleasure group so what is it
2: so we are uh, the only global outfit and by outfit i mean an ecosystem uh, of five businesses that supports the growth for products and sexual health and technology so we have a full service agency we have um, uh, the only commercial innovation lab where we create things like you know, wireless penile implants. Um, And we have a distribution channel or distribution arm and also a fund. So a venture fund that is dedicated to investing into these brands um, without the investment, without the innovation and without education, this industry will not grow um, or be fast-tracked into the billion dollar industry that we know it already is, right? So an even bigger market, but more importantly, We have an entire world of human heartbeats that we have categorically been ignored when it comes to sexual health and wellness. So whether it's, you know, anything to do, and I've said this before on your show, anything to do between the belly button and the knees that adds value to your life is sexual health and technology. We like to we like we have all these fancy words like femtech and sex tech and health tech. No sunshine. If it addresses what's between your belly button and your knees and it brings value to your life, I don't care what gender you are, what sexuality you are, uh, sex doesn't discriminate and now does pleasure. So that's mm-hmm. that's what we're in the business of. Um, and uh, and it's wonderful because we get to work with you know incredible people that bring Unbelievable innovation to our lives every day. And hopefully we help create that roadmap and make a noise so investors take us seriously. And instead of investing just in fintech or edutech, we actually are going to have products and solutions to help us.
1: I think every time I talk to you, Dominique, I always come away with about three napkins worth of different sex toy ideas.
2: One day, one day I'll tell her about them. One day. I do remember. So how's that working for you? <laughs> it's, it's
1: going great. I've still great. got I've still got all the napkins yes, and all the, the
2: Well, they got to start somewhere, Miranda, and basically most, of it, most of our innovators they start out of a necessity, right? Mm. So it's either, you know, someone who's come out of maternity and 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 wants wants an app for breastfeeding or, yeah. you know, men that that don't want to be called dysfunctional and broken anymore just because, you know, pleasure isn't dependent on the performance of of, of the phallic. So yeah. um you know, it, it is born out of necessity because categorically we just, no one's paid attention to us. Yes. So from belly button to knees, that's bras, yeah?
0: We'll talk about that later. <laughs> so
2: bloody, well, in I my yes. lockdown breasts. <laughs> um,
0: before we talk about uh, the sex trends,
2: 2021 trends, mm. how was 2020 sexually? <clears throat> well, I mean, I won't talk about my personal life, but um, as, a, as, a, as a topic... It the one thing without being remiss to the loss and the pain that I'm sure everyone has has experienced to some level. But what it did do is it lifted a veil. Mother Nature gave us the social permission to look at our lives and what you know our sexual lives and our pleasure and our sexual wellness is usually just a tick box that gets put to the side of our lives. And having been locked up, and if you had um, you know, the privilege of having a roof over your head and a digital device in front of you, you now had the opportunity to explore, to look at new products, to um, maybe reach out to a telehealth or an app to ask a question, uh, it, maybe to maybe focus on your relationship, an intimate relationship, maybe after 30 years. How do I how do I bring back desire? so it really exploded the industry, and we saw you know a huge rise in sales of products but also innovation and most importantly content so language people were googling things, people were asking questions um, and really seeking out information and content and so those brands that were already there or are there were really um, listening hopefully to their consumers and giving us really credible authentic information and not just. Oh, well, this is how you strangle someone while you want to do breath work, for example. Mm. Yeah, really, really yummy, <laughs> yummy work. <laughs> Don't <laughs> laugh. <laughs> that stuff is out there. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that sentence, Miranda. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But it's always that thing, isn't it? It's like, oh, well, I feel a bit kinky. So let's just jump straight to breathwork. Well, there we
2: go. Right. And online. And and the one thing is the one thing we could all get was, I don't know about you, but in the UK, I could get, I just moved as lockdown started. So I could get furniture Mm. and I could get, I could get my love honey toys. Those Mm. are the two things (laughs) Due to COVID, we will be delayed in our, you know, in our delivery by 10 to 12 days. Couldn't get a dining room table, but I could get my vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> which I know what which I is more, yeah, which are you more attached to? Well, there you <laughs> we go. I mean, which did I need more? I need yeah, a vibrator exactly. more than the dining room table. So there we go. <laughs> so it was all in all very, it's very positive, um, from a, from obviously a, a commercial perspective, but I think, um, from a human perspective, being able to focus on our sexuality, on our pleasure, uh, on our intimacy, starting with ourselves, um, even dating, you know, how we had to, we've had to learn to do things differently. So if we're dating, are we dating on a video chat room? Are we doing it? You know, I, again, I, not something that I experienced during lockdown, but questions like, how many dates do I do before I do a virtual hangout and generationally that's very different, right? So I'm in my forties and plus, and that might not be something natural for us to do, but for the twenties, 20 plus having a virtual life is very much part of their everyday basis. So, you know, coffee hangouts, virtual hangouts is great and a wonderful way portal in to meet new people with maybe the older generation or different generation has to kind of maneuver their way around it. And so, Again, topics around um, how to be intimate with someone who maybe you're dating but not cohabiting with. I, do I want to be naked online? Do I not? Am I you know Never mind WhatsApp and if that's secure and encrypted. What about, what about Zoom? And if I've got a naked picture of myself, do I want to do that? Do I not want to do that? So learning to ask the questions and really force ourselves to communicate, um, I think has also been, we've seen a huge rise and people asking the questions like, how do I stay safe if I want to have, you know, intimacy over Zoom naked or if I want to date someone, what do I do? You know, all of these really important questions that maybe we, we haven't thought to ask before. Yeah. How,
1: how do you think that's going to turn over into 2021? Do you think um, people are still going to look back on what they've learned in 2020 or are they just going to go? I'm
2: vaccinated.
0: I don't care. Let's go back to shagging everything. Swipe right, swipe right, swipe
2: right. I think that's such a great question. I do. You know, honestly, I mean, I I wouldn't be able to to guess. I'm a very tactile person. So I'm like waiting till I get my hands all over you just to give you a hug. Right. So, but I, I do believe that for, for, I think for some being, um, and I, and I know in myself, I'm very comfortable in my own space and I find days where I'm quite okay not having left the house. So now if you're wanting, you may use that digital uh, process as a filter, right, before you, whether it's for safety or whether it's for conversation, um, it's finding a balance for it not to be the barrier for you to go out and actually connect and intimately connect face-to-face. Um, and I think other people are just going to go, mosh pit orgy, bring it on. <laughs> um <laughs> because, because we've been starved and touch is so important. It's the one, it's the starting point of intimacy and understanding yourself and pleasure, whether it's consent for your own body for pleasure. When you, when you deprive humanity of touch, um, you know, I, I fear for that. Um, and I think you start to, to empathy and compassion crumbles and then mental health starts to to, to crumble too. So I, I, you know, and the thing is with the vaccine, it's it really is there to prevent us from not getting it, you know, worse or ill or potentially dying. It doesn't mean that you can't transfer COVID. So we're not yet ready to be hugging and touching and and you know yet. And I don't think that's been very well communicated. To it has a not, lot of which people. is a surprise in a, yeah. in a year of great messaging. <laughs> it, it, well, yeah, there we go. It's quite a surprise. <laughs> you can, you can fondle, but don't touch. Exactly. And you've got the aged right. Who are receiving this, who are deprived, m- m- hugging their families. And, and, and now you're having to communicate to them, you know.
0: You, it's interesting you say about how it impacts on compassion. Cause I was, when you said, it, I was like, Oh, is that true? You know, I think about it. And I was like, yeah, it kind of like the, this lockdown is especially different, isn't it? The yeah. first lockdown, we had the kind of—I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not—I don't want to see my neighbours with respect. Do you know what I mean? I don't want the—I <laughs> don't want them cooking for me and all that kind of stuff. So that <laughs> compassion went a bit too far. Quite glad that stopped. But there is—I don't know—it it, 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 there to—it seems to have moved from that kind of so compassion or true compassion to just kind of like, oh, it's me now. Mm-hmm. you know if yeah. we're so you know we're but, so but
2: even isolated. that is a is an isolated and then when i say compassion i mean compassion for ourselves because we're quite hard on ourselves and i agree with you Bibi. this 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 round of lockdown without any indication or something to look forward to makes you have to really dig deep And we chatted before right and um dig deep not only to find compassion but time for ourselves and so i i we're constantly um you know wanting to work with technologies that help us bring us back to ourselves and then kind of get us up and motivated, whether it's an app that's sending me a self-love message, whether it's an app that's promoting taking a time out for myself, whether it's a bubble bath and pleasure and intimacy, any kind of, of, of influence in that's going to create a positive impact That's, that's on the brands that we worked with today and and morally and ethically, um, they have an opportunity to be a positive impact. And so many that we work with are doing that. Some are not because again, the people who people build brands and if we've got people isolated, it's really hard to have this sort of propeller view of the world, right? When you just, when you're locked up. And I think that's a huge challenge, a that any of this has
0: happened is just extraordinary. But B, the impact, isn't it? It's, I mean, even that—that that it would it would it would check kind of change how an app is even conceived mm-hmm. or, or or executed. Yeah. So tell us, what about HPG? What does HPG think then this year's trends are going to be? So you, there are seven.
2: Yes. So one is we've spoken about language, right? Um, I think having seen the rise um, and these these wonderful spotlights, and I say wonderful because I know they've happened before, but hopefully with a little bit of justice, work is being done, whether it's Black Lives Matter. Now in our world, it's about language around communities that have either been marginalized, discriminated, or just non-existent. So for example, we see a rise in products aimed at uh, or developed, not aimed, um, for trans communities, transgender communities, never been done before. And it's they brands that not only are... Um, empathetic brands and have an erotic empathy, but are teaching language about how to talk to the trans community. How does someone present themselves, he or she versus are you a girl or are you a boy? Um, the permission to say, you know, I don't know how to communicate. Can you teach me? And, and, and tolerance, right? So this invitation, uh, even just pronouns, you see it on LinkedIn, you know, people's got have she and he. And, and, and so we will see this, this massive bubble of communication Communication. Last year it was about consent and permission. 2021 is about how can we tailor our communication uh, and actually talk to communities, uh, those who maybe are disabled. So there's brands like uh, EXO or Handy, who and even Love Honey, who's getting involved in, in brands that are purely for uh handicapped people, you know, people with um they 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 prefer a different terminology. So I don't always get it right. I apologize. Um, we we see a lot of our innovation has been led by female brands. So, you know, it's all about the rise of the vibrator and the different suction and tickling and whatnot techniques. And we've seen lubricants and products and femtech, but we are seeing an even bigger rise in male sexual wellness. Now, you know, we can, we can harp on about, well, men have had, um, you know, more, uh, uh, freedom when it comes to communicating about products. They've had Viagra for, I don't know how long, but guess what? A man is not summed by the performance of his penis. Like we are not the sum of how many orgasms or if we can have an orgasm or if we can have a baby. So we see a big rise in sexual wellness for men. So lots of brands that are dedicated to the testicles. So whether it's, uh, you know, they get itchy. Hey, so do we, um, (laughs) you know, they get sweaty. Um, so, so do we, Uh, So if it's not shaving or balms or treatments, it's also about holistic treatments for libido. It's communication products that are communicating or technologies that are communicating to men that it's not all about performance. It's not all about, you know, popping a pill. There's more to this. And that's healthy masculinity. Yeah. We will start to see those products in mainstream, whether it's, you know, on the shelves of target and it's in the form of, of, of a, of a, you know, whatever, it could be an oil, it could be a balm, it could be a supplement. Um, and so not just online and not just through your doctor, but in multiple touch points. Mm. So that's really, really big for us. And I and I think, you know, we should- What's the
0: digital sharing revolution? You say that's going to be so a big a yes, too. This is,
2: this is very interesting. And it really was, became a big rise in with COVID. So sexually transmitted infection is like the black sheep of our family, right? Nobody likes to talk about STIs. We have innovation as in you can order a, a comprehensive test kit uh, online, it comes to your home, you know, you send it away, um, and then you get the results in your fingertips. Now, what we're finding with our brands in the UK, and as far as even LATAM, um, that is now being developed on an app, which you can then share your results. So imagine this, you're on Tinder, you're dating, not only do you like cats and dogs, but you are play, you are sort of safe to play, right? So getting a badge that kind of says I'm tested, I take my my, uh, my sexual health seriously, I track it, I'm safe to play with, and it it helps break down that really uncomfortable conversation about so have you been tested? So when you go from screen to bed at some point, you you can now have that conversation and 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 take control of your sexual health. That means we're having to share our status right share our health status we've never done that before ever I'm not I don't feel comfortable about people doing that
0: I can see sure. how it stops that conversation mm. but I just like in the same way that you know do you put news on on um or zoom or anywhere I don't know do
1: I don't know whether what? people would actually be honest about it that would be my worry that someone would say yes I'm safe to play with yeah but actually they're just saying that because
2: and <laughs> they what if don't you're want not? to
1: use condoms. That's such
2: a great question. But remembering that your app is tracking your results, right? So you, you are technically only safe for a certain period of time and then you are reminded to then get tested again and again. And also this isn't quite like a, like an Instagram story bubble, right? This is, this is on, this is on your profile that you have control if you're wanting to share or not. So when you are at the point of conversation, and you're wanting to to get together whether it's for what, for whatever whether it's a you wanting to get married and get together or whether it's an orgy you want to be in a position where you can say i am are you safe to play because yeah. i am i'm 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 verified and at i least, am safe at
1: least at least with that that would make put the onus on the partner to know that you're not going to be able to get away with this because i'm the one that's going to yeah, make sure yeah. that you get yourself yeah,
0: tested yeah. and you
2: and know. will it stand up in a court of law You know, it's such a great question. We've had those debates and um, it would in some instances. And it just, again, this is the topic. This is where technology and data, because now previously our brands and our space, it was all about personal data. And a brand like this is now a medical product. So it's It's really important for them to be both a medical device and mm. also a personal device. And so there are um, associations and compliances with which they need to follow. So in most cases, yes, it would follow up in court, but there's always grey areas in law. I, I've realized that lawyers are never happy, excuse me. So, um, you know, I think the the moral of the story here is to empower people to take control of their sexual health, to be able to communicate it and find the words because this black sheep is categorically ignored and it's on the rise, STIs, worldwide. um, And it's not being addressed at all. Wouldn't a year of us all being locked down kind of help that? Uh, for a short term, maybe, but like we said, you let the let the people out. Kind of like seeing the lambs, you know, out in springtime. I'm not quite sure.
1: I believe I sure. believe the words you Safety. used: mosh pit orgy. There we did that. I, I do. Badge. I'm gonna get those. Do exist, just by the way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I need the address. Gamification. (laughs)
2: Big one. Big, big, big one. So um, there are brands that already do this. They use the gamification as a therapeutic tool, whether it's... um, to breathe, you know, for breath work, to help people uh, learn how to learn about their body, climax control, even for oncology, when uh, you're getting chemo and your temperature raises, using a gamification or even VR helps you breathe through the chemo. And it actually, your brain thinks that it's, and you're walking through the snow, basically, and your brain thinks uh, that you are in a cooler environment. And so you see a drop in the temperature great if we could use it for menopause and hot flashes everyone um and so you're going to see gamification not just as a therapeutic tool but as an education tool and and because technology is smarter and more accessible the ability to have and virtual right we are now bought into virtual living so whether it's a a virtual um party right, and maybe it's a and it 's a dating party or it's a it 's a nightclub party or even if it 's a sex party this virtual gamification is coming into our lives and while it's maybe on our phone or even on our laptops, I will put my um, my racing breasts <laughs> on <laughs> to the south uh, on the block to say that soon it would not surprise me if we, we we bought our fire stick like you do for your Amazon or your your roku and you have an entire gamification process, um, applied in your TV. So in other words, let's say you, you're going to have a baby, right? So now it's, maybe it's a telehealth between your, um, your gynecologist. Maybe it's a nutritional because you wanting to learn how to eat well for your, for your, through your maternity. Um, maybe it's, um, you know, talking to a doula because you want to learn how to have your, your, your baby at home. I, I, the whole experience with gamification from an educational experiential and therapeutic is going to come into play and it's not going anywhere. It's going to come. I'd never, I had never heard the word gamification before. Are you a gamer? Do you play video games? See, I don't play video games, but my daughter's nine and she, she builds houses and empires and they trade unicorns and puppies. This is mad. I love it. And they talk to each other. And, and so this is for a nine year old, you know, using this technology to be able, for example, with climax control, um, a lot of that is connecting with your body and breath work. Um, and so, being able to provide that tool with other, uh, with other like devices and so on really helps someone connect to your body. Just think of us as well. You know, when we meditate or when we want to know where our bits are and we don't want to look in a mirror, maybe there's an app. I will give you a great one. There is a brand <laughs> that's coming up. Are you going to love this one? Called Clitar Hero. I mean, there we go. <laughs> There we go. I mean, how much fun? I'm sold already. Whatever it is, and you know, I mean, you probably won't have to convince (sighs) anybody to to try it out and to learn. And so, um, gamification (laughs) very, very big very big
1: I think that just sounds like a fun because the word game yeah. is in it yeah. Yeah. but also like it's quite a goal orientated thing there are steps you can take and yeah. measure and yeah. if you're that if you've got that kind of personality yeah. then that brings a whole new level of pleasure of course, to the whole thing of course
2: I mean wonderful Any anything that's going to get us to engage positively right mm. to ask the questions to have fun as well. and let us all remember that this is supposed to be fun too <laughs> Yeah. right? It's supposed to be a bit of, you know, maybe if it's humor with yourself or fumbling, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a journey. It's not supposed to be, um, you know, an orgasm. And we always try to remind people it's a byproduct you of pleasure. There's a whole journey you get to take and these wonderful brands get to, you get to pick and choose which one suits you. And I, you know, while I don't want to be ageist because I'm not a gamer, I find myself really drawn to any kind of gamification that allows me to engage or, or even just teach my daughter about her body parts, so... There you
0: go. And that's kind of in the same category as virtual realities and robotics.
2: Yeah. So virtual reality is, is slightly trickier because it's been around for a lot longer, but only I'll give you a bit of statistics. 17% of, of women actually play a part in virtual reality. So even the the tools that you use, like the virtual reality goggles or the suits, they are designed for men and men's faces. So we don't always get the full experience because no one's ever considered us a target audience. So using brands that are coming in and not just using the gamification to let's say teach us about our vulva, but using VR as a, as an experience and a setting to do that, have to consider that we also, we, you know, our, our faces are framed differently. Our bodies are differently. The way we maneuver technology is different. Um, in VR, there's a, an incredible book called, um, I think it's called "Women uh, woman of economics or economics of women. And, um, there's a statistic in there about when first, um, the first version of Suri came out and you could ask, uh, at the time, I, I can't remember if it was called Suri, for example, where was the nearest pub? Uh, how to uh, book a prostitute, but if you told the same technology, I've been raped and I don't know where to go, the response was, I cannot help you. So when it comes to VR and it comes to this version of gamification, what we are seeing and what we have to be careful is if it's, if it's predominantly biased by gender because we're not being included. And so we need and we as a, as women and, and as other communities need to be included in that language, in that coding, the way the products are developed. So VR has been around. It is shifting quite a bit and people you know we see it even coming into like ethical porn with Erica Lust she 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 launched a, a whole vr experience where you could go in and and experience uh, what it was like to to be in your own porn movie and to to be in a sex party but in the safety of your vr right so it's again. It's not going anywhere, and a little like sex robots. Um, you know, we've been all talking about sex robots. Are they coming? When are they coming? Yes, they're going to come. Let's. They, <laughs> they're on their way. Uh, but there's a whole lot of other technology that's that's arriving before that we're we're ignoring. And uh, you know, they're not going to take over our lives. VR isn't going to take over your life. But if you could use it for pleasure and for engagement, VR, however, um, Bibi is a lot more expensive. So if you think about it, you know, not everyone has VR goggles lying around. And so is it as accessible as a gamification on your app? Probably not. So it'd be interesting to see if they combine their efforts together or which one kind of wins the race to our home.
1: The marketing of it, because we've spoken to um, Laurie DiCarlo mm. and their their products, because it was um, a, a sex toy aimed at women, got left behind, you know, got... Um, so banned. A, yeah, won, won an award and then the an award,
0: award rescinded. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah,
1: going to be yeah. you know interesting whether people have learned from that, whether the higher ups and mm. the Googles have learned. Yes, mm-hmm. sex toys and sex is mm-hmm. a, is allowed for women, mm-hmm. and we can market it to them mm-hmm. rather than having to call it health and pleasure yeah. and you know well,
2: relationships. Yeah, that's, that's think true. About, think about your Google Home or your Alexa. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch, watch mine come on now. And, yeah, and I know I was just going to say. Um, I, I challenge everyone to ask her, you know, um, why do I need a vibrator? Or how do I bring a vibrator into my relationship? Uh, I, I, you know, I anticipate very soon that that will change. I think I, we have a, this huge debate over the giants, the digital giants, the Googles, the Facebooks, the they everyone about not collaborating with us, about censoring us. Um, and why I am one for change. I do believe that the only way to change this is through creating an allyship. You can't go around pointing fingers at the big giants. Let's give them solutions. Let's come to the table because the the, the human beings behind coding could be a 21-year-old man who's never even had to have a discussion about menstrual periods, right? So, so you can stand there pointing fingers at these giants, and yes, they are wrong, but or we can say we have a solution. Here's the solution. Let's create an alliance and help us create an internet of smart sexual health. So, technology. We ain't going to be able to talk about sex, vulvas, penises without the word technology in it. But I anticipate very soon that you will be able to ask one of our technology home buddies. So, uh, which vibrator should I buy? And how do I? How do? Why do I need a vibrator? You know, what will it, What will it give me? should I buy a vibrator? You know, all of these questions. So, and again, a lot of that comes in with VR gamification technology, uh, AI, AI is a big one. So the, the, the progress that we're making given 2020 for 2021 and moving forward, I think it's going to be a lot faster and a lot louder. So our other
0: two, our other two trends, um, this is so, honestly, I'm so, My poor little brain's like, oh, Um, telehealth for sexual
2: dysfunctions and fertility or contraception. Yes. So, on the telehealth, um, if you think about it, I'll give you an interesting statistic. With women for incontinence, which means uh, we pee in our pants when we laugh after we've had a baby, it takes us, I don't know about after a baby. Hashtag hashtag real life living, right? Um, It takes us on average four to five years to tell either our practitioner or someone close to us that we, that we you know, we're leaking. Um, for men, nine out of 10 men do not talk to their practitioner or doctors about whether it's premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction. And so if you're not talking to your practitioner and practitioners are not asking because they're not equipped to be able to deal with the answers, imagine now, a, which is what we have in 2020, brands that have invested in telehealth you to be able to have an appointment with a doctor in the privacy of your own home, whether it's by camera or otherwise, the undivided attention to be able to talk about something that ultimately you don't want to put what, you know in the checkbox when you're going to your practitioner or your doctor and being able to get really personalized service. And I don't think we're ever going to go back to the original way of, of being able to, to draw a diagnosis. You will always have to have your MD. You will always have to be able to, to, to have that one-on-one connection, but at least to have the conversation and the, and what it does is by allowing me to have this conversation with a doctor, be able to book an appointment. I, I don't like the terminology telehealth. I think it sounds awful, but it is what it is. Um, it does break down the taboo and the stigma about talking about it because it's an invitation to be able to talk about it in a really safe environment. We through telehealth you are carving out that safe environment to say would it be your gp or just no a, so so a, a lot of these a lot of these brands have medical experts so whether it's your urologist your gynaecologist maybe it's even a, a sexual a sexual wellness therapist um, yeah. who's been able to talk to you. And it might be, you know, I've been in a relationship for 30 years. I, uh, My penis doesn't go as hard or I want to be able to pleasure my wife or I want to bring back desire. And then it's maybe a combination of one or two or maybe three different practitioners that can give you personalized service and say, well, it's not about popping a pill. Maybe you should try this and you can try that and let's monitor it. So um, this holistic perspective of treating and being able to not just heal, but also, uh, bring light to our sexual wellness in the safety of your own home. It's wonderful to see. And we saw a lot of brands actually stop production in products and turn to telehealth as their core services. And we will, we will start to see, um, a lot more brands follow the journeys of people in their sexual wellness, whether it's for example, fertility and IVF or or sexual dysfunction. On the fertility side, um, I don't know, I don't know what contraception you ladies use. I I won't ask you, but I, I for years, always used the copper T, which is the IUD. And uh, oh, I thought
1: you, I thought you just said a cup of tea. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's just a lovely <laughs> cup of tea. <laughs> I just have
2: cup a cup of rosy. It, it's faster to put <laughs> it in than making <laughs> a cup of tea, but there's lots of, <laughs> it, it hurts. Um, you know, women can have a lot of bleeding and, um, the process and the product just hasn't been reinvented in decades. And, and so, brands that are coming in and going, Well, instead of having something metal in a T shape, if you can imagine almost like that of a, an archer, bow and archer, right? Because it's exactly like that, that potentially can dig into your tubes and, and hurt you if, it, if it's not inserted correctly. Um, why don't we make it round, right? Why don't we think of a better way, a painless way of inserting it for a woman so she has better choices when it comes to contraception? Never been done until now. Hello, everybody. We don't all want to take hormones. We don't all want to take medication. We want natural, natural um, fertility. Um, also, peeing on a stick big in this world today. You can pee on a stick and know how your kidneys are functioning. You can pee on a stick and know whether or not you're safe to uh, not wear a condom or wear a condom if you want to have a baby or not. So this whole level of technology and and you pee on a stick and scan it with your phone, people. I mean, brilliant. I I do it for my health check just because I love to pee on a stick. (laughs) You are all about the stick (laughs) wearing. Ah, Honestly, I never did it off. to try for pregnant. So now I feel like I, I'm <laughs> missing out. So I, I need to, I need to pee on my stick. And then it tells me whether or not my kidneys are functioning. If I'm am I hydrated, uh, if I'm, if I'm at risk for a UTI, so all of this, Hey, if you want to have a baby don't use protection. If you don't want to have a baby, now's the time to use protection. So all of this technology, being able to communicate and help me manage my fertility over and above, just punching in some dates or checking my temperature. So it's becoming more accurate. And uh, I I get, you know, I get thrilled because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a one baby girl done it once. One is one, two is 20. Uh, (laughs) And and also I don't, you know, I don't want hormones and and going into sort of premenopausal I I uh, yeah. I need other ways to be able to track track this journey for me. Yeah. And it's a lot it,
1: of fun. It all just seems like such a brave new world. Like because we've spoken to a couple of people where um they're using we had um the guys who uh for 9.99 a month you could learn about erectile dysfunction and you were given a whole sort of like you know set of instructions and videos and psychologists and you just think that's what you would pay for netflix and you know a couple of cups of coffee fine pay you 9.99 For that service, we had the girls on who were talking about getting um, STI checks sent to your home. And like you said, like you could check it in on your phone and scan it all in on your phone. And it's like, this all just seems like it should have been done so much, like, further like back in time like you know it feels like oh we can't trust you to pee on a stick you have to come into the doctor's office yeah. so that we can yeah. do it for you but um, it,
2: it also comes down to, to investment right and uh, so and for this these innovations to take off they need money and they need partners uh and stakeholders that one, believe and understand. So not only do they believe in the innovation, but actually can relate to the innovation. And we've said this before, right? If we're talking about uh, tracking my fertility, I'm peeing on a stick or my menopause, for example, and I'm asking a man who has never experienced menopause or maybe his partner has never experienced, it, who holds the purse strings for the investment, it's really difficult for them to relate. So we categoric, and also investors have what they call the vice clause so the vice clause basically says as an institution we cannot invest in anything that is associated with drugs and and gambling and sex rock and rolls fine apparently but sex. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so we end up you know being pigeonholed when it's it's a fertility product. It's not sex, right? Cause that's what we're good for. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Baby. when it's erectile dysfunction, it's not because everyone can re- relate or or those who hold the postings, but when it comes to a vibrator or a menstrual cup, or, you know, a gel that warms up when you blow on it so that it makes, makes your intimate life a lot more fun. Um, it just, it's, it's not relatable or they don't want to talk about it. And so it's really important to have, you know, we, 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 we um, launched a fund, Reformation Ventures, well, with, with Reformation Ventures, sorry, we're an operating partner that is dedicated to investing in this space. Because until we break that fast clause, we're not gonna see enough money to fast track um, this, you know, industry where we're going to see all this innovation, there is so much innovation out there that is crying for money to take them to market. And we know we see it every day on, on an average, we probably see about 150 inno- innovations a month with Wow! Come to us that say, we have this amazing product. We have the solution, but no one will invest in us. How do we, do you know, what
0: I love, I feel that with, when, when all kind of, I'm going to say that I'm 88 saying this, but when like tech stuff all started across the board, whatever tech stuff was, it felt like it was cold. It felt a little bit inhuman and it felt very, it was kind of proving how clever it was. And now it feels like it's gone a bit of a full circle or not full circle at all. It's just changed tag and it feels warmer and it feels more about humanized. It feels humanized and it feels like it's being used Good, but you know what I mean. It feels like it, it's not. It's it's just not cold and metallic. It just feels um, more natural and organic. And about why why we need it. It feels like we're taking control of it back. Yeah.
2: yeah, and I think you you're absolutely right. When it's when it's technology that addresses your intimacy or pleasure, because we have not learned the innate value that pleasure brings to our lives. You know, it it trickles into um, how I communicate with people in the outside world. How I view myself, whether or not I have the the confidence to chase a career that maybe I wouldn't be able to chase. When you have the confidence to love yourself, to know your body, to um, provide consent, to communicate and to understand that value and the, the positiveness it brings to your mental state, you can only imagine how it has a rippling effect in your entire life. And so when you are inviting that tech, technology to give to provide a positive impact, it it, it then is, you know, 10x. It, it it then it like like a one of those light beams that kind of shines through. It's very, very nerdy what I'm saying right now. But it really does change your life. And it's not just about the moment, it's not just about the sex, it's not just about the orgasm. It really is how pleasure plays a part in your life and how it positively helps you move through the world and so any technology that can that can do that for you is great um that and and any better education technology please to help me get through homeschooling would be
0: (laughs) beneficial (laughs) this is why i will have dominique on the show all the time because <laughs> she's just too good she's too brilliant how do we keep
2: how do we keep
0: up with you and um hpg what how do we find you
2: uh so you can follow us oh our website is we HBG, uh, dot uh.com so you'll be able to learn all about the businesses um or you can follow us on instagram we are hpg twitter we are hpg and you can find me on linkedin i'm a i'm a linkedin i'm a linkedin slut <laughs>
1: love it that's going on a t-shirt
2: love it love it love it it. i'm working on it miranda me and linkedin we're having a conversation (laughs) oh my god i was
1: gonna say if there's anyone who can get rid of this vice clause i it's gonna be you we're
2: working on it we're working on it and and slowly but surely but it's platforms like yourself and, and the airtime to be able to talk about it so thank you always Did you know it
0: Miranda?
1: Yes, I did. Do you know what? There was something, because I was going to say it at the time, and I've made a note of this, actually, because there was so much in there. And one of the things that she was talking about was um, about the the whole sort of range of products for masculinity and everything. Mm. And it's like... Healthy masculinity. Healthy masculinity. And it's so needed because I've got a couple of friends who are chefs and they've got testicles. And I was like, oh what could i have bought them i still don't know i still owe one of them a christmas present and he's a chef and normally to cleanse his bollocks whilst he's cooking he just dabs them in a bit of corn flour so i am more than happy to go and get them a nice little balm to soothe their aching sweaty balls so i
0: literally <laughs> do not know what you
1: I mean, do you not remember that what, do you not remember what, the sweaty ball bit i do remember the sweaty balls but yeah yeah, no, I was gonna, I was gonna g- give the cornflower, but no, chefs tend to. Is that tr- cornflour? Yeah, cornflour. So there you go. If you don't want to go for the the bollock farm, which <laughs> I'm now calling it. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can also do it with a bit of, uh, boom. but no, honestly, I thought I always think it's fascinating to get Dominique on con and it's. It's so needed, this this idea of getting rid of the idea that it's vice and, you know, and therefore you can't invest in it. And it's like, it's not going away. And in the meantime, you're missing out on making billions.
0: Yeah, That's yeah, even if we take it? away from the humanity... Hmm. City companies, go go spend the money. My name is Bebe Lynch, and I'm Rand Kane. Good sex, bad sex was produced by Juliet Nichols for Metro.co.uk.
1: And you can get in touch with us if you like what you hear. We're on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Good Sex Bad Sex twitter has got you flexed at the end
0: for some bizarre reason. Um, and also, if you have a sexy question or a query or you want to get in touch or you want to offer yourself, proffer yourself even. Come and be a guest. Come, come and be a guest. Be our guest. <laughs> <laughs> Info at sexpod.co.uk is the address you need to write to.
1: There should be a song about that. And in the meantime, we will see you next
0: week.